0: This is the Chain Crew Podcast powered by the California Youth Football Alliance. Honor, improve, advance the sport of youth football across the great state of California. Visit their website, cayfa.org for more information.
1: Welcome to another Chain Crew Podcast. We are the voice of California youth football. This is Steve Famiano, along with my partners, Joe Rafter and Ron White. What's up, guys? Steve, it's great to be back, man. Hey, Steve, great to be back in the saddle, sir. I think people thought we just disappeared there for a second. You know, it's been a while since we've uh, been on, all three of us together, actually. Ron and I did the last podcast together when we talked about AB1, but uh, it is great to be back, have us all three here. A lot of things have been happening with the California Youth Football Alliance, uh, with youth football, all all kinds of things over the past uh, month or so, Uh, and Joe, we're going to... kind of get caught up with you a little bit on your travels, which have been happening uh, across the United States. Uh, you went to uh, Massachusetts not too long ago. We, ne- we never really got a wrap up of how that went when you went to support the Massachusetts youth football Alliance and the save youth football, Massachusetts uh, coalition um, there when they had their big rally. Uh, so we're going to start off the uh, chain crew podcast today with a little wrap up of that and kind of give us uh, some insight on, on how that went and, and maybe some vibe from what's been going on there
2: uh, with that proposed ban in massachusetts um so yeah so uh, boston had a uh, rally i can't even remember the date middle of april i think it was got to meet uh peter cummings for the first time i ever physically met him uh we've been working with him for so long but awesome to be with him uh, met uh, merle hodge as well so it was great to kind of be with our board members in person um have a you know have a dinner have a couple drinks kind of kick back and talk a little bit about the state of, of affairs. Talk about a couple of great guys. I mean, Peter is just salt of the earth, dude. Just incredibly bright and intelligent from a medical perspective. Tackle football, flag football, and a flex football coach. Loved being with him. Got to meet his son, his wife. Great, great family. Um, And then Merrill, man, nobody shoots straighter than Merrill Hodge. I got to be honest with you, man. He just, he calls it exactly as he sees it. Merrill, if you're listening, it's one of the things I love about you. We had dinner on, I guess it was the Monday night before the rally, which was on Tuesday. because yeah, I got there for the uh, the Boston Marathon. Have you guys ever been to the Boston Marathon or a marathon of that size? No, I have not. You do a lot of running in a marathon, Joe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then you should know that clearly I have not been to a marathon.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, I, so it... I, I've spent a lot of time in Boston working over the years, but I've never I, I never was actually there for a marathon. And uh it was awesome. I mean, I was watching it on TV, but I, I landed that day and just the energy in the whole town was up. Just a ton of civic pride around that event. People walking the uh you know, walking through the city with their pennies on and, you know, supporting the family and friends. It was it was a great vibe. So so then we uh, we got dinner that night. Just talked about a lot, you know. Talked talked a lot about youth football, but also about, quite frankly, just you know, being being healthy, and what does it mean? What does it take to you know to you know, eat healthy, live healthy, think healthy? And and um, you know, Merle had some great insight, and frankly, I learned a ton from him uh, sitting there at at, uh, at dinner. Not that I'm unhealthy, but. You know, he's, he's really got it really dialed in. And so it was awesome. Uh, it was a great dinner. The next day was the, uh, was the rally itself. Peter asked me to walk through the, um, their version of the assembly, their house of representatives, I believe is what they refer to it as, uh, that morning. And our first meeting was with the prime author of their bill. I had I did not expect to, you know, to walk the halls with them that day, but they asked me to come in with them. So I did. We went to the first meeting and the dude doesn't show up. The, the representative who authored the bill no showed after it was confirmed. I sat down and there's an empty chair in the desk and I'm looking at Peter. I'm looking at Merrill and, you know, I'm I'm kind of, you know, I'm I'm there for moral support, energetic support, trying to, you know, my arms around my brothers on the other side of the country. And, uh, you know, the guy didn't show him. So, so we, we had a, we had a very good conversation with his, his staffer, but I'll be honest with you, man. I, I, I thought that was surprising. And, and I, you know, I don't know if that was planned, unplanned. I have no idea. You know, it's very possible that that was a completely, you know, maybe, maybe he had an unplanned emergency or something just took him away that day, but, um, that was surprising and a little disappointing. Do you think he's feeling some heat there
1: in Massachusetts um, in regards to this, the ban bill? Do you think he's like, man, I don't, I didn't want to face anybody right now.
2: There's an energy in Massachusetts right now in terms of, you know, speaking up and resisting this ban and, you know, opposing this bill. It's similar to what we experience and it's very different um it's much i mean you know our stuff was all grassroots you know we're we're i mean we're california right i mean you know this is like from boston if boston to atlanta were one state you know like that's california right so <laughs> right you know it's it's you know it's a much different feel geography personality things like that massachusetts much smaller geography and a lot of little towns With one really major city in Boston, right? California, obviously geographically much larger and, you know, several, five, six, you know, major cities in the state. Boston's got this really like the, not Boston, Massachusetts has this like really strong grassroots feel. There were people, they had buses come in with kids and coaches from all over the state. For this rally. So I, I, it, it was great to be there. Um, the people were awesome back to that author. There's one coach who pulled me aside. He recognized me from some of the work that we've done with the Alliance. He pulled me aside and he expressed strong support and appreciation for, for, you know, the work that we, the Royal, we all of us in the, in the, in the country are doing. You know, I relayed that story with him because he was actually from the prime authors area from his his voting district. He said he had the he had a very similar experience in terms of trying to help educate this author on kind of the current state of affairs. And for me, it was a bit concerning because it, it feels like some of the politicians there are the ones who are, who are authoring the bill are I'd refer to it as shut down they're kind of not listening. And it's really a shame. You know, they, they really should, when they, when they take a meeting, they need, they need to show up. They need to listen to their, their voters, their constituents. So a little bit different vibe. I had another conversation with a Senator whose name is is escaping me now um, with, with their office scheduled with their office. And we sat down and they were awesome. This was in the basement the their house um, so if that helps with, you know, triangulating who it was, um, I'm sure, uh, our Massachusetts Youth Football Alliance guys can square that away if they want to comment on this or anything like that. But, um, they were, you know, help us understand your perspective. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you're hearing, you know, educate us on what's really going on out in the public. Um, lots of really genuine interest and, you know, eyes wide open, ears wide open, great conversation, great exchange, um, so that was kind of the, you know, the morning uh, of the um, rally. And then we went into the rally and, you know, if the rally was a football game with four quarters, it, there was first, second, third, and fourth quarter. And between each quarter, they had a DJ. The DJ was playing music and the kids were dancing. There were a couple of coaches dancing. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> were you dancing?
1: I was not dancing. Oh, come on, Joe. Are, hey, come on! Uh, you fly. all I'm wait
0: representing a minute! California, Joe. What? Well, I—that's something that I didn't know was was going on.
2: You're <laughs> supposed to represent California. You gotta dance. So you gotta dance. Had I known that that was a requirement from you guys, <laughs> had I known, I absolutely would have danced. Is if you've, you know, for those of for those of folks who may know me who are listening to this, you know, I, I actually do dance. Um, And I'm pretty proud of of the dancing that I do. Hmm. Um, It's easy to say now, Joe, I'm not shy. Um, uh, But that was not the time or place um, uh, for me to break out any of my rerun or any of my. uh, (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Any any of my moves. I love (laughs) it. Just to give you a little bit of a foreshadow there. But uh, so, yeah, so uh, no dancing for me. Uh, Yeah, I want to say there's 150 to 200 people there through the day. A couple of highlights. Uh, there was a mom who spoke and she talked about the value that youth tackle football has offered her son and she lit the crowd up. I mean, everyone got really, really f- uh, fired up and pumped. I kind of felt a little bit like an outsider because here I am, the guy from California. <laughs> everyone else is from Massachusetts. I got up, I want to say probably end of the third quarter in terms of timing of the speakers. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I wasn't quite sure what voice I wanted to bring. I was listening to everybody talk and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, all right, um, you know, am I going to be the business guy and try and lay out the facts really clearly? Or am I going to be the California dude and, you know, try and uh, get out there or, you know, I, I wasn't really quite sure what my voice was going to be. And I had done a decent amount of prep. I knew what I wanted to say. So I get up on stage on this platform and I grab and I, and, and they introduce me, I take the mic and I say, are you guys ready to get emotional? Now I say it in a very emotional way and the whole crowd just started. It was awesome. Cause that's, that's really what I was trying to feel like. I I wanted to get into the emotions in a way that I wasn't quite sure we had tapped into yet. I really got on my toes and I was feeling like, uh, you know, I called out a couple of folks um, who are, you know, natives in the Boston area who are, you know, driving some agenda against our sport. Um, and, uh, it was fantastic. I mean, the crowd was remarkable. They were, they were screaming and yelling and cheering and, um, just a lot of love, a lot, a lot of love going back and forth between, you know, some of the words I was sharing and, and, and what that crowd was giving back to me. Um, and then, you know, I, I went down off, off the platform and uh, you know, Peter spoke and Merrill spoke and they were, they were phenomenal. Um, And then uh, Andre Tippett spoke at the end and I had a chance to meet Andre just for like 60, 90 seconds conversation in the sidewalk. And, and you know, I, I've been around a couple NFL players, not a lot. So like I I was around Ray Lewis at one point in my past, Um, tough, big dude, Andre Tippett, Oh my gosh. I mean, you guys, you, we've been around each other. I'm I'm not small in stature. Andre Tippett had about, it felt like three inches of height on me about a foot and a half of width and about a foot of depth. And when I shook his hand, man, my hand just got swallowed in his hand. I mean, the guys a pro, you know, he's, he's a hall of famer. Right. Hall of famer. I mean, just, and, and a great, like a, just a really like a gentle giant down to earth. Really, really, you know, I got a lot of respect for him and the things he said and the way he, uh, he, uh, he, uh, he presented himself to me. But here's the, here's the important
1: question. And I got to know this. Did Andre Tippett dance?
2: <laughs> I don't. I don't think he did, man. I don't think he did. It was mostly kids dancing up there on the uh on the steps. All right. Well, we're gonna set I'm up. Sure, I'm sure if he wanted to dance, <laughs> nobody
0: would have a problem with that. Hey, no, on is, how you no just one's gonna stop you, him,
1: Joe. <laughs> we're gonna set up a dance off between Joe Rafter and Andre Tippett. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> that nice. would be fun. That yeah. would be fun. So you can. What's that show? If you can dance, or so you can dance, or something like. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. Great. I'd so love you to see you can that. Dance? Hey, that's a great way to raise money. We can raise money for youth football
2: that way. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so Boston was awesome. Um, great people, great, you know, the, the approach that they're taking, they're, they're educating the community, they're educating the politicians who are, you know, listening. Paul Daughteris uh, and the team there at the Massachusetts Youth Football Alliance, a great group of guys um, doing great work, um, really, really rallying the troops in the state as I said, you know, different challenges, you know, a lot of smaller towns, not as big of a geography diff, um, spread, but uh, lots of smaller towns and they're, they're doing a great job. What was the vibe like there, right? I mean, coming from coast to coast, right? A little
0: different than out here in California where, where we're where people hopeful, was it a high
2: tempo environment? What was the vibe there, Joe? So you guys were, so I, you know, I was at the Santa Clara rally. You guys were up in Sacramento for the rally that we hosted uh, Sunday before, I guess it was April 22nd of uh, 2018. You know, I, I I wasn't at Sacramento. I saw some of the video, you know, I would say for the Santa Clara rally, um, you know, ours, ours was a little different in that we had a, we had a big open field we had like barbecues and booths going with food and it was more carnival like with a stage and some conversation. This one I'm guessing was more similar to what you guys had in Sacramento. I mean, it was on the steps of the, of the house, right. The, I'll call it the lower house, you know, the assembly or, you know, we call it the assembly or the, the lower house here in uh, California. Um, So it had, for me, it had much more of a political feel to it. Um, much more of what you would expect from a, a, um, a political rally as opposed to a neighborhood rally. Sure. Um, so, so, so the energy was really strong there were people screaming, there were, you know, there were a tour bus going by the, you know, the ducks, the, the, the duck buses and duck trucks were coming by. You, you guys ever seen those? I have no idea what you're talking about. Duck bus. I want to know
0: about it though. I got to be
2: honest. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this, there's this, um, there's this world war two vehicle. It was actually manufactured by the women in World War II, I, I believe. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. Um, and it was called, it, it's called a, a, a duck. It's commonly referred to as a duck tour. Hmm. It is an amphibious vehicle. So it's a bus that drives through the streets. Wow. And it's a big boat with, with wheels. And it drives through the street. And these people are sitting on these duck buses. And, you know, and they all have these duck calls. These little quackers. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, YouTube, wow. it. it's awesome. I, I'm going to YouTube and I'm YouTube. mad that I wasn't
0: there for the, for the dancing and the, the duck bus by itself.
1: Who needs wow. to say, hey, who needs to save youth football when you have duck buses to, uh, to watch? You well, know I think that's where we're
2: going wrong in California. We need to dial that up. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, Boston's got this rich history and this, you know, tourism downtown that. You know, when we had our, you know, ours in Santa Clara, that rally was different. Yours in Sacramento didn't have that rally. There was, there was a lot of energy because the the house is right across the street from Boston Commons. And so there's parks and there's all kinds of tourism and it's right on something that's called the Freedom Trail, which is a red brick trail that runs through the city that connects all of the, uh, I'm going to, you know, just keep it simple. connects all the historical places in the city and you could do a Freedom Trail, uh, um, but the duck buses are coming by and they're clacking and they're watching the stuff and you know they had a great um, uh, audio system there with the d j and the people speaking so it, it was it was high energy it was a day after that uh you know the uh, the marathon so it was um uh, they did a great great job. I took some notes and followed them away if we ever you know face a similar situation in another state so As
1: far as uh, what's happening back here in California with AB1, the California Youth Football Act, big news there happening over the past couple of weeks. Um, Joe and Ron, you both were in Sacramento uh, recently for the committee. The bill did pass committee, went on to the assembly, did pass the assembly. So let's kind of give everybody some details on how that all came to be. Give us a little uh, background on how it was to be there in Sacramento for the committee hearing and then uh, how it got into the assembly and things like that. Ron
2: went up Monday before the committee, which the committee was April 24th, I believe. So that would have been the 22nd. And then uh, I drove up on Tuesday morning to Sacramento and we we had a day scheduled um, uh, in the assembly there to meet with a whole bunch of folks, um, mostly the committee members. Um, so we spent uh, the better part of the day there with some meetings in and out, you know, five to 15 minute meetings with you know each of the um uh, assembly committee members and just kind of you know just told our story right we just walked in we met mostly with staffers i don't know that we met with anyone um but you know it was a good day i mean you know everyone everyone was really supportive probably the most interesting conversation was with uh the staffer from Nazarian's office correct he had some good questions about um you know uh the governance and oversight which we addressed in the committee again from assembly member nazarian um yeah i thought it was a great day and you know it was another 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 great day to be in the assembly with uh with my partner mr ron white yeah, you know, it's, it's
0: interesting, Joe, kind of looking back at that day when we walk in, just like anything in life, a lot of the work is done behind the scenes before you ever get to committee. And it was nice to be able to sit down with those folks, mainly staffers, to talk about the bill, why we're here, refresh them on some of the points. But do you remember the size of their eyes when they looked at the page, the size of that dossier? Thank you, but no thank you. It is. is, uh, So I don't know that there were any takers, but I what that really says, hopefully to the listeners here and to the folks on this show is, is that there's a lot of data, a lot of information that we've collected over the last year that we wanted to present to them. The letter summarized it nicely, but that particular dossier is really a labor of love, putting it together. And they saw the time that we put into really stating our case, if you will. Yeah, I, I,
2: you know, I, I, I think So we got some feedback So then, then we headed into the committee And that was Wednesday um, And uh, uh, Assemblymember Cooper and Lisa Ertz Lisa Ertz is a California Tackle football mom Single mother of four boys You may recognize her name She's the mother of A very famous Super Bowl champion, (laughs) touchdown catching, winning tight end of... None other than the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, gosh. I was going to stop you before. You said Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles. Look,
0: I love Lisa Ertz. She's amazing. But I thought her son played in the Canadian League. Had you told me that's the same Lisa Ertz, I don't know if we could have had dinner together.
2: All kidding aside, absolutely amazing. She's agreed to hop on a podcast with us. Um, And so, you know, our listeners will get to hear from her herself. But uh, uh, the three of us, you know, testified and shared our perspectives and... You know, one question was from Assemblymember Nazarian asking about the governance and penalties of our bill. You know, there's no governance, there's no body that oversees it, and there's no penalties if you don't comply. And so um, the answer that we gave him was, which is the absolute truth, is, you know, first and foremost, our bill is modeled after three other bills that have passed and our state law now. AB-2127, AB-2007, and AB-20... The, um, the first one is the Cooley Act, which uh, uh, limits tackle football at the high school level to 90 minutes twice a week. That was passed in 2014. AB 2127 is California's version of the Lysted law, which basically mandates uh, concussion fact sheet to every uh, student athlete in the state of California. And then the third bill is uh, AB 2800 from assembly member Chu, which is a heat acclimation, uh, oriented bill. None of them have an overseeing body. None of them have any penalties for lack of compliance. And so the answer was, so, you know, first we've modeled our stuff after that bill. And secondly, we've implemented a slight, you know, a slight um, uh, increment in terms of governance. And, you know, it's, an, it's, frankly, it's an innovation that that we're proud of. You know, we, we've created what's called a self-governing function where the parents are actually the ones that are going to oversee this. So the, the football associations themselves have to declare if they are compliant with AB1 or not. And in doing so, the parents then get to choose. Are you going to allow your child to play for an AB1 compliant program or not? <clears throat> and, and it really speaks to the spirit of what we're doing in, in, in the alliance. You know, not, nobody likes to be governed and told what to do. Right. At the same time, we have to establish a set of standards and really kind of create this, I I like to call it healthy tension, healthy tension between parent and association to really, you know, the parents are in charge of the safety of their kids. And so that, that's, that's basically the answer that we gave them, that it's a self-governing function Mm -hmm. a click more governance than what you have in, in the, you know, in, in the other three bills and um, assembly member, Nazarian was, you know, accepted that answer. Um, there was another question uh, regarding um, kind of the sport and what's going on in the sport and helmet technology and, you know, advancements of the sport and, you know, do will we ever get to a place where helmets, you know, will address everything? That the, the technology will be so great that we don't have to worry about, you know, safety risk management. And, you know, our answer to that was, was no, that's not really the direction that we're going. Um, you know, helmet technology advancements are great. But, you know, uh, I didn't go into this level of detail, but the basic answer I gave them was the helmet's a last line of defense, right? When you put education, training, awareness, certification, uh, safety culture in place, it, it, it emphasizes, you know, the safety of the kids, both in practice and game. You know, the helmet becomes, you know, a last line of defense and, and you know. We want to keep investing in, in, you know, having private industry develop that technology. But we're not looking for, you know, the helmet to be the panacea um, of, uh, you know, a solution for safety in tackle football.
0: You're 100 percent correct. and And what I really like, I'm sure we all share this as it relates to the regulatory mechanism that he was referencing. It creates another level of transparency. The consumer now has the opportunity to take a look and know who's compliant. let's be honest, guys, there's been more of a microscope on tackle football than any other sport in the country. Consumers are more knowledgeable now than they've ever been. But now they have an opportunity to take a look at organizations and make that decision as to, you know what, I want to play for this organization because they're compliant and it's posted. And that level of transparency is going to be a significant tool for the consumer. And and quite frankly, I'm really proud of, of that aspect of the bill in and of itself.
1: Joe, Ron and I, before the committee on the last chain crew podcast, kind of went over the the ifs and the buts and the ifs and the ands and all that stuff of what would happen if it didn't pass. If it did pass, we now know that the committee voted for A B one six to zero. And in the assembly it was sixty eight to zero, right? Yes, I believe. Sixty
2: eight to zero. Yes. 12 non-voting of the 12 non-voting, two of them were the prime authors in the band from last year, multiple co-authors of the band from last year voted yes for our bill. So that's what I want to wrap up this edition of
1: the chain crew podcast with. What do you guys feel those votes represent? And, and what's the vibe of AB one moving forward as it heads into the
2: California Senate? I think it's crystal clear. You know, I, I think, um, the state of California, the the entire assembly unanimously supports this bill. Nobody opposes it. And so, you know, where it sits right now and then all the hard work we've put in it's, you know, it's time to move forward. It's time to help clarify and deepen our message for uh, 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 the, uh, the Senate committee uh, and the assembly floor. I'm sorry, the Senate floor, Um, you know, I think everybody realizes what the Alliance is about now. We are all about creating and increasing safety standards for youth tackle football, which is a no brainer conversation. Absolutely, positively, we should have a safer situation. We should create a safer environment for youth tackle football in California and set it up as a beacon for the rest of the country. You know, we feel really positive moving
0: forward. When you take a look at the lack of opposition for that particular bill and the numbers that you reference, Clean Sweep and Committee 680, I think it sends a real clear message that the people in California need and want a piece of legislation like this that's gonna protect their rights to continue to play a tremendously wonderful sport and to play it with, let's be honest, uh, safety guidelines. That are long overdue and well needed in the state.
2: Yeah, and just just uh, to stick a finer point on, or a, a bow around this, our work's not done. You know, once the bill gets passed, we still have to deploy, we have to implement, and land the standards so that they live inside our state, and that we move from what I'll call a win at all cost mindset at its worst. To a safety at all cost mindset at our best, it's just
1: incredible to see the way AB one has been voted on so far on the assembly side. To me, I, I was I was ecstatic, and not just because we're involved with Assemblyman Cooper, and, and, you know, and in this bill, it's just 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 because being involved in the sport and and seeing the difference that can be made. If this bill can get all the way through and, um, you know, become law here in California, it's, it's a good thing. Like you said, uh, it's just this, the whole thing is a no brainer, right? Uh, safer sports. Isn't isn't that what everybody is calling
2: for? Not just in youth football. We want yeah, safer so he, sports for kids. Here's what's happened since then. My phone, my text, my email is blowing up with people who are getting behind our work. Lots of commercial as well as industry individuals, as well as medical community individuals coming to our side and saying we fully support the work of the California Youth Football Alliance and the direction of the California Youth Football Act. And we want to support you. How do we help? It's been humbling it's kept us quite busy. It's one of the reasons why we haven't gotten to, at least I haven't been on the uh, the podcast for for a while. I mean, no joke, you know, we're still a hundred percent volunteer organization. We're doing this, you know, grassroots by the seat of our pants. The amount of support, I mean, for those of you who've expressed support and who have, you know, contacted us and, you know, and, and are listening, we can't thank you enough from the bottom of our heart. Steve, when, I was in DC when it passed the assembly floor. When I got the call, I, I record a video and I walked back out of the office I was working in and I called a bunch of people. You two were one of them. You two were two of them, I should say. And I, I I was, I was full of emotions as you both heard from me. And there are a couple other people I called as well. Lisa Ertz was one, was one other uh, individual will unveil them, you know, in time in the future that I just expressed on behalf of the Alliance, just a sincere appreciation from the bottom of our heart, you know, without sup- the support of the community, there is no Alliance, right there. there we don't exist right. without the community who's, who's running tackle football and who's, who's supportive. This is, you know, a grassroots It takes a village, you know, find your favorite group analogy, right? It's we're, we're moving from tribes to a nation as it relates to you tackle football, however you want to describe it. But I mean, I, I got my hand on my heart as I'm recording this. I mean, nothing but deep love and appreciation for the folks who are, you know, knocking on our door and, and, and supporting us because we are getting stronger. Well, Joe, thank, thank you for saying that. Two quick things we
0: would really be remiss if we didn't talk about who's lent us the most support from day one, Assemblyman Cooper and his office and driving this bill and all the staffers in that office working around the clock. You talk about an advocate for the youth in the state of California, it doesn't get any bigger than Assemblyman Cooper. And I take my hat off to him and his whole staff who have worked with us and will continue to work with us as we see this
1: thing through Joe. Right on Ron. It's cherry on top, man cherry on top with just a little bit of chocolate in there too just, just a little of chocolate but no chocolate. dancing that's coming soon trust me the dancing portion is coming soon and maybe a duck California bus. California Youth Football Alliance dance a we'll do a dancing duck bus uh, tour or something <laughs> oh, I don't you <laughs> have just hit the nail on the head sir <laughs> nice that wraps up another edition of the chain crew podcast the voice of California Youth Football Steve Famiano along with Joe Rafter and Ron White and we'll catch you guys next time <laughs> Thanks
0: for listening to another Chain Crew podcast powered by the California Youth Football Alliance. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Plus, stay in touch on their website at CAYFA.org.